This is the Always More Podcast. Hello and hello. It is June 12th and welcome to the Always More Podcast where we believe there is always more room at the table for honest questions, meaningful conversations, and deeper understanding. Today on the pod we are talking about asteroid movies, alien rashes, nightfall, crime-fighting cows, the impending doom that comes from space, and so much more. But first, I am your host, Tim Lichty, and sitting across from me is my best friend in the whole entire world, Christopher Thomas Ford. Bonjour, mes amis. And not joining us, sadly, uh, is our, our friend, Harley. I feel like she hates us. Yeah. Pause. You're... <laughs> I'm not going to pause. We're just going to keep this going because I'm not going to edit this tonight. Your mouth is not lined up with the mic. It's behind the, the guard, but the mic is not facing Got towards it. you. <laughs> I fixed it. I was close enough. Literally two seconds before we started recording, I was like, Chris, if you're going to move around, just move anything. the mic around. I did move the mic around. Because you moved again. <laughs> I did move the mic around. Just to my last position. Anyways. So, sorry, not to take away from Harley's thunder here, but Harley is not with us. Um, we are recording literally last minute uh, via, also you'll see that, or I guess not see, that we're not recording on video. So, uh, but Harley uh, did not feel well. And so, it's just me and Christopher holding it back like the good old days. And, you know, back in my day, just, just two, two boys. You know, my wife said that our episodes are much better with Harley. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with her. She's not wrong, but it still kind of hurt. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's way more interesting now. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you have to dig it in. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. I mean, you're not wrong, but. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, uh, but we, we, we'll hold through. We'll do okay. But we do have, maybe this will make it better. We did keep Harley's notes in here, and we can probably just steal it. Yeah. I thought about not doing my own notes because Harley finished hers first. <laughs> just and then I was like, nah, I, I can't do that to her. <laughs> like right after Pride Month? Come on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> after Pride Month? I mean, it, is, it isn't Pride Month, though, so now I can. That's true. Anyways, let's get going, guys. We got a fun show for y'all today. Let's get on with our first segment, and that is Wreck and Rev. This is the part of the show where we like to recommend and review some things for your pleasure. Chris, what do you got? All right, so mine is a show that I found on Netflix, but is originally from the History Channel. And Go the, on. The History Channel had <laughs> such a chance at greatness, and they settled for pretty good. <laughs> like, if you, if you got nothing else... That's, that's History Channel. <laughs> if you finished The Last Kingdom, and you finished The Witcher, and you're looking for something in that same vein, this show is adequate. Okay. It's called Nightfall. Um, so Nightfall recounts the success, fall, persecution, and suppression of the Knights Templar as orchestrated by the by King Philip IV of France on October 13, 1307. Series focuses on the fictional Templar leader, Landry de Luzon. I think that's how you say his name. Sure. Uh, who happens to be a warrior discouraged by the Templar's failures in the Holy Land and is reinvigorated by news that the Holy Grail has resurfaced. Wow. So you're following Landry as a regular Templar at first, and then he becomes like one of the top tier Templars of his temple, and then he loses everything, and then he gets everything back. He eventually does find the Grail at one point, and then loses the Grail again, and then gets it back again, and then loses it again. And all of this is happening season one. Mm. Season two, 
zero mention of the grill. <laughs> like it's not even brought up a little bit. It has nothing to do with the grill. Nah, it feels like season <laughs> one and season two were different shows with the same characters. Let's just keep same actors. They're, they both would have been good if they had like followed either one of those storylines all the way through. But they did not. Aww. So it's fun to like watch and make fun of. Yeah. But other than that, it's just a pretty good show. Like it, it fills <laughs> the void, but it's not great. Right. So yeah. I would recommend it if you are looking for something to fill that type of void. Okay. Fair enough. I need to finish. Um. Um. What is it? Uttred, son of Uhtred. Last uh, Kingdom. Yeah, I need to finish that. Yeah. We'll long. finish it and then watch Nightfall, okay. and be mildly oh. disappointed. Well, I don't. I don't think I want to now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's a cool story. You played Assassin's Creed, so yeah. it follows the bad guys, but it makes them the good guys. Yeah. And yeah. It, it does actually dive into some of the conspiracy theories and the, the actual history of the Templars. It's pretty cool how they reference it. Yeah. But outside of that, like, if you're not a history buff, like, it, it's not mm. it's not super great. It's right. just, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's okay. If you got nothing else, watch that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about Harley's recommendation? I, I haven't seen this movie. Have you seen this movie? I haven't yet, actually. Um, is this one even on Disney Plus, or is it just... No, I think it was a theater. I think it's a theater thing, yeah. So Disney and Pixar's Elemental is an all-new original feature film set in Element City, where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. The story introduces Ember, a tough quick-witted and fiery young woman. Eh, see what she did there? Because <laughs> she's made out of fire. <laughs> Whose friendship with a fun, sappy, go-with-the-flow guy uh, named Wade. Flow. Yeah, because he's water. <laughs> uh, challenges her beliefs about the world they live in. Ooh, that sounds like a deconstruction movie if I ever heard one. Uh, maybe, bro. I don't know. I'm probably going to try to watch it pretty soon. I need to, yeah. I, I like how they play on their own, um, f- like, like wouldn't work scenario like in the, in the trailer uh of course we haven't seen it but like in the trailer like they go through like this fence like he just like blushes through it and she just burns it down and he's like why do we even have these like, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love meta things like i know <laughs> yes yeah. um i mean it looks super cute looks cool i'll probably watch it with ellie pretty soon um I'm, I'm going to see if it's on Disney Plus. I don't think so. But I don't think so. I think it just came out. So I'll, Maybe I'll just wait till it's on Disney Plus. Probably. Ellie is so hard to take to the theater. Oh, yeah. She's same. three. Yeah. So, like, her focus is not there. We took no. her to see Little Mermaid recently. Oh, same. And she just was like, yep. Not not about. For, I, she enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But she could not sit still. Like, she sat in her chair and then she came to sit with me and then she went to sit with Janelle and then she danced around for a little bit. Then she sat with me yeah. and she danced around some more. Like, you can't get a three-year-old to focus on a movie. Nah. So we'll probably just wait till we watch it at home. That's a good idea. Good idea. All right. Well, for mine, uh, it's a quick one. It's called, the movie is called Asteroid City. Guys, this is like a movie summer for me. Like, this is this is it. Like, Spider-Man was amazing. Um, I loved that. Asteroid City is another film I've been really looking forward to for a long time. It's a Wes Anderson film uh, set in a fictional American desert town circa 1955. The itinerary of a junior stargazer slash space cadet convention organized to bring together students and parents from across the country for fellowship and scholarly competition is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. And look, th- this if you know if you don't know anything about Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, you go to his films to be 
like it's it's art. It's purposely art. It's not like your normal movie. You're not going in there going to be like taken out of this world in the sense of like this is definitely real. You're going into it for the art. Yeah. And so, but Wes Anderson does a really good job sometimes of really still hitting this emotional tug. And this one, you didn't know where it was going to come until the very end. And it f***ing screws you up in all kind of good ways. And darn it, I didn't wish I could have said that because now i got to go find this F word later and bleep it out. But damn, it was a good movie. <laughs> uh, but in the cast was, you got Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jake Ryan, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Liev Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawk, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, but forgive me, Chow Cho, uh, William Defoe, Margot Robbie, and Jeff freaking Goldblum. You had me at Jeff Goldblum. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, this film was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I have heard from a bunch of TikTokers that I follow that this movie is autistic culture. Yes. In in a nutshell. Yes. Which is great because I was recently diagnosed with autism. So, <laughs> well, like I'm sure you've seen the TikTok trends of like how everything. I love is, those. You is, better not pretend you're in a Wes Anderson <laughs> yeah, movie yeah. while you're on vacation. <laughs> well, everything is completely. What's the word I'm looking for? It's um, it's centered. It's, it's framed. It's yeah, symmetrical. It's exactly that, and this movie just does that extremely well, um, and it's just it's just amazing, and the acting is phenomenal, of course, and it's just yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Asteroid City. Dope. All right, guys. Well, that is our Wreck and Rev, but now it is time to move on to a show, or to part, excuse me, a part of this uh, the show, a segment that we haven't done in a little bit, and that is... What did I miss? Yes, this is the part of the show where we'd like to present to you some news that you probably didn't hear about. I'm going to go first. Crime-fighting wow. cows. What? Just going to go first? Yeah. Just like that? Yeah. All right, cool. Crime-fighting cows lead cops to suspect near Boone, North Carolina. Now, before you get into this, have they fought crime before, or was this their first escapade into being heroes? Uh, I believe this was their first case. Okay. So they're one for one. Correct. Literally the best statistics. They're 100% on every case. That's right. Yeah. From Charles Duncan at Spectrum News, a traffic stop led to a police chase in Boone, North Carolina, Tuesday. I guess this was like a couple weeks ago. But when the suspect ditched his car and hid out in the field, he didn't suspect to get busted by a bunch of bovines? Bovines? Bovines. Oh, thank you. The suspect abandoned his vehicle in the area of U.S. Highway 421 and U.S. Highway 221 in a deep gap and fled into an undeveloped area, Boone police said. Due to the suspect's fast and reckless driving, our officers were not close enough to see exactly where the suspect ran. As officers began to search the area, they received some unexpected but welcomed assistance from some local cows. The cows literally led the officers to where the suspect was hiding, police said. Authorities identified the suspect as 34-year-old Joshua Minton from Miller's Creek, North Carolina. And after the cows ratted him out, Minton was charged with felony flea elude arrest with a motor vehicle, disorderly conduct, and driving with a revoked license. Mm. A magistrate judge gave Minton a $20,000 bond and set his next court date for June 28th. So, yes, yeah, a few weeks ago. In addition to thanking our officers and deputies for putting themselves in harm's way, obviously, we want to express our gratitude to the cows for their assistance, the police department said. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. Some, uh, some cows, ca- and, uh, cows and pigs working together. <laughs> oh, no. 
Chris. What? Chris. What? <laughs> We've talked about this, Tim. I'm a leftist we, now. We, yeah, I know. We've talked about it. Anyways, cows, you know, being rats. <laughs> nice. Yeah, who would have thought? Like Chris, that. you're next. All right. Well, obviously I'm next. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. No? No. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's Sorry. definitely better with Harley. Moving uh, on. I completely agree. <laughs> we need Harley. Um, driver's car soared 120 feet after vaulting off of a tow truck's ramp in Georgia. Oh, my. Yeah. So this was like every Grand Theft Auto right. player's dream. Absolutely. But it happened in real life, and it was caught on video. Oh, yes. So cool. A tow truck had lowered its ramp to clear a car crash on a Georgia highway, but then a motorist came from behind and drove onto the ramp at at a high speed of 65 miles an hour. The sedan launched high into the air, soaring 120 feet before coming crashing back down onto the roadway. I gotta see this. 21 year old, I gotta find the video. I'll, I'll. I'll post a link to it. We got to. 21-year-old woman from Tallahassee, Florida, because of course it was sense. a Florida woman. There you go. <laughs> was driving the sedan, according to police. Uh, she was taken to South Georgia Medical Center, because you would have to be after that, <laughs> with what the incident report describes as suspected serious injuries. <laughs> yeah. The crash took place on May 24th, but it attracted new attention after the police video was released. <laughs> no kidding. I would imagine so. <laughs> A sheriff's deputy was actually on foot at the scene and was hit by airborne debris. He was also taken to the hospital as a precaution, according to the report. The scary spectacle was captured on video by a body cam and the officer's dash cam of a Londes, Londes, I don't know how to say Mm. that, county sheriff's uh, deputy, who was assisting with the initial crash on the westbound side of Georgia's Highway 38 near Valdosta. Wow. Can you imagine just yes. being a spectator? I've imagined it many times. <laughs> Every time I see a tow truck, I'm like, now's my chance. <laughs> she she actually took the chance. She did it. <laughs> she, she lived the dream <laughs> for a few brief seconds. She was a god. <laughs> you remember the game uh, Crazy Taxi? Yes. I remember doing that on that game a lot. Do you remember the game Burnout? Yeah. Where the, the whole goal of the game was to crash your yes. car and cause the most damage. Yes. Burnout 3, Paradise City, was my jam. <laughs> All right? I, like, that's how I, that's how I got through a lot of issues that I had in high school, just <laughs> slamming that car into traffic. Oh, man. In video games, not in real life. Of course. Don't of course. do that in real life. No. It's not safe. Nope. All right, I'm going to carry Harley's story here. We're kind of starting to get into the space thing about all this. Um, she, so this is all her. Why do uh, why do some people get rashes in space? There's a clue in astronauts' blood. Ooh. Astronauts are supposed to be in excellent health. It's a part of the job description. They quarantine before blasting off to avoid getting sick and you know derailing a mission. Once on board, they live and work in a sterile environment. And yet, when they get to outer space, some have viral flare-ups or breakout in rashes. It's a puzzle that got Odette Lanouville? Lanouville? Lanolin. <laughs> no. A molecular, molecular, excuse me, biologist at the University of Ottawa asking herself, why is it that they get infections up there? In a new study in Frontiers in Immunology. Frontiers in Immunology. Thank you, Chris. 
Uh, Lunaville and her colleagues suggested it could be due to the reduced activity of 100 immune-related genes, which help give opportunist uh, infections a toehold. Normally, uh, Lunaville says our bodies host a multitude of viruses and bacteria at any given moment, even when we just feel fine. And because we're healthy, we manage to keep those in check and dormant, she says. But if we're stressed or if there's a dysregulation of the immune system, then those viruses and bacteria can cause infections. Lunaville thought maybe something in space was triggering a change in the gene activity or the immune cells in astronauts' blood that was allowing these opportunities. It's been a day. Opportunistic infections to surface. So she and her colleagues enlisted 14 American and Canadian astronauts, all headed to the International Space Station for several months at different times. Uh, Lunaville and her had her, their blood sampled before and after their missions here on Earth, but also during their time in outer space. The 10-minute procedure on land took 90 minutes in orbit. Oh, okay, so they were like, they were I there mean, forever. There's no gravity in space, so. I mean, there it's, is. It's just minimal. Right, so they're not experiencing gravity the way we do on Earth. Correct. Is it more difficult because of that? I would imagine. But, like, I thought it was, like, the pressure of your blood pumping that filled the needles or the bag or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe both, I don't know. Maybe it's just hard to find a vein in zero-G? Maybe. (laughs) Interesting. These are questions Harley would be able to answer. That's right. They have to be very careful to pull out all of their equipment, the needles, the tubes, and they have to secure everything, Louisville says. We don't want any leak, not a drop of blood. Otherwise, it would float in the air and contaminate everybody. The astronauts spun True. the... Yeah. The astronauts uh, spun the blood down and stored it in a super cold freezer until they returned to Earth. This took place across multiple missions to the International Space Station. It took five years to collect all the samples. Wow. She says that when an astronaut enters microgravity, there you go, their blood shifts from their legs to their torsos and heads. It's uncomfortable and throws things out of whack. Their body resolves uh, resolves the problem by reducing the fluid by up to 15%. Wow. But that now means that there are too many immune cells crammed to the smaller amount of blood. Lunaville thinks that the drop in gene activity helps eliminate those extra cells, and this in turn affects the way the immune system responds to pathogens. And this would allow viral and bacterial infections, normally held at bay, to rise up, infecting the astronauts. Where does the blood go? I mean, what do you mean? Like the body reduces the blood by 15%? Where does it go? I'm sure it's put out through waste the same way that everything else is done. So are they peeing blood every time? They're not peeing blood. They're peeing the things that blood are made out of. That's how that's how we get rid of things that the blood gets rid of. That's, But the toxins... You know our blood cells die all the time, right? Yeah. All cells die. Right. We get rid of it naturally. We just at a faster rate. Who knows? Maybe their pee is bread. I don't know. I didn't say it in there. Harley would know. That's what I said. We need to ask Harley. (laughs) Uh, But very interesting, Harley. Thank you for that article. I have more questions. (laughs) Harley, we need you, please. I have so many questions. Well, uh, on that note, uh, we're going to leave with more questions than answers, but still fascinating stuff. Yeah, I mean... You learn something new every day, I guess. Learn something new every day. All right, guys. Well, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we got some news. It's a new uh, It's a news episode talking about some space stuff. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dope. Nope. 
Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at at AlwaysMorePod. If you'd like to ask us a question for us to answer on the pod, you can email us at AlwaysMorePodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us on our Always More hotline and leave a voicemail question at 254-218-4042. You can also follow all of our social medias individually and as the Always More podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to it. everybody we are back that we are that we are guys we are uh, we're talking about space it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. it's really fun you know i really like watching tiktoks about like with neil degrasse tyson and uh and uh, other biologists and or not biologists uh astrologists and other scientists talk about it because it's like it's so complex it's astronomists astronomists astrologists are the people that study like your cancer leo oh, well, thanks virgo capricorn aquariums <laughs> <laughs> so anyways we want to talk about space and we wanted to bring some news to you maybe some things that you didn't hear about and things that interest us along with some of our favorite things so uh we along are... with some lies that we've believed at least one lie i believed oh okay well we'll do that too all right uh let's talk about this with the launch and the birth of the james webb space telescope and now the active artemis nasa artemis uh, to run humans to the moon, new and beautiful discoveries are being made on a regular basis. And with that, a reemergence of excitement for space discoveries and exploration. Today, we are looking at a few newsworthy space updates from 2023 and a look back at our favorite awe-inspiring space-related wonders. Chris, we were going to have a game today called Are You Smarter Than a High Schooler? Space Edition. I don't know. If I were in high school, I would immediately say yes. Because in high school, I was like, really really smart well let's put your knowledge to the test but i've gone through trauma <laughs> and i've forgotten a lot of things all right guys you can play along with us uh i guess internet you can play with us chris are you ready for this i'm just answering questions right absolutely okay yeah all absolutely. right uh which planet is furthest from the sun jupiter saturn uranus or neptune neptune correct ding 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 all right everyone question number two out of those four are you counting Pluto? I always count Pluto. <laughs> Ohana means nobody gets left behind <laughs> or forgotten. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, all right. Number two. Approximately how many full moons are there in a year? Five, 12, 20, or 24? In a year? In a year. In a calendar year. 12. You're correct. Because a moon cycle is 28 days. Oh, good math. Quick yeah. math there. Yeah, good man, good man. Yep, 12 is the correct answer. Boom. I did not know that. My wife would be proud. Ah, yes. Number three, which of these is the largest planet in the solar system? Do you need me to list them all out, or do you know this? Neptune, Jupiter, Jupiter. Saturn, Uranus. Yeah, Jupiter. Yeah, it's Jupiter. That's Jupiter. That's a good one. That's Fo an easy Followed one. by Saturn. Correct. And then Uranus. And what was the fourth one? Neptune. And then Neptune. Number four, which, uh, excuse me, what planet is the densest in our solar system? Earth, Ooh. Jupiter, Neptune, or Mercury? Mm, Not the heaviest. The densest, yeah, the densest. I know. Um, it's either Earth or Mercury. Mm. I'm going to say Earth. 
You're correct. Hey, Chris, going on five for five or four for four, man. My man. I told you I'm good at space. All right, all right. It's getting a little harder though. Here we go. Which of these choices below is a moon of Jupiter? Titan. Titan. Charon. Phobos or Europa? Titan. Phobos and Europa are both from Mars. It's Europa. You said of Jupiter? Yes. Check again. I am going to check again. Europa, moon, Jupiter. What did I say? What was the question I said? Which of them is a moon of Jupiter? It is. Wait, yeah, Europa, Europa. Wait, Titan is Saturn. Titan is also. No, no, no Titan no, no, is no. Jupiter. No, 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 no. I did not just screw this up. Yeah, you did. Oh, no. Saturn. On. Ha, ha. Uh-uh. Yes, it is. Titan is the largest moon of Saturn. No, it's Jupiter. No, nah, it's Saturn. You know what? It's <laughs> Phobos and Io for Mars. Phobos is, hold on, here. I should have brought, brought this down originally. Phobos Guys. and Io are for Mars. Phobos is, is, Phobos is Mars. Mm. I still think I'm right. No, you're not. All right, guys. Uh, Okay, we got three more. Which was the first space probe to leave the solar system? Pioneer 10, Sputnik, Mariner 2, or Venera 10? The one that I thought is not on that list, so... (laughs) I'm going to say whatever the first one was. Pioneer 10? Yeah. Are you sure? No. You're correct. Hey. It is Pioneer 10. All right. Good I looking guess. I thought it was guess. Voyager 1. I uh, no. no. I, think, I think that one went the furthest, but I, but I guess both would. There's no gravity to stop it. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> whichever one was launched first or whichever one is faster. Uh, okay, here we go. Two more. Which is the largest moon in the solar system? Titan, Ganymede, 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 Triton, or Callisto? Ooh, um, I'm going to guess Titan. I don't know for sure. But Titan means big. <laughs> so Titan. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. It is Ganymede. Ganymede. Yep. All right. All right. Last question. Still like eight for or seven for nine now. Yes. You're not. You're not doing bad. You're not doing bad. You're you're passing. I passed the test. You passed the test for sure. What ultimately will the sun become? Dark matter, a black hole, a white dwarf, or a supernova? I think that all depends on how the sun dies. Eventually, it's all going to be a black hole. Well, what will the sun become itself? Like, not absorbed by, what will it become? I think most scientists believe that it will become a white dwarf. But depending on how it dies, it could also be a supernova. What is your answer? It's not fair. It's, it's guesstimation science. But what do most I'm gonna say white dwarf. I'm going to say white dwarf because eventually it's going to turn into a red giant and then a white dwarf. And then it could explode after that and become a supernova. So white dwarf. 
You're correct. White dwarf is what most scientists say. Yeah, I just said that. I'm telling you that you're correct. <laughs> Jeez, man. Good job, Chris. You did you did well. Yeah. You, you eight did out of good. ten. Eight out of ten. It was really good. I'll take those odds. I'll take those odds. Never tell me the odds. All right, guys. Uh, we are moving along. We got some news stories for y'all regarding space. Um, so here we go. We're just going to dive right in. Four volunteers are spending a year. <laughs> Chris, we got some stuff to talk about here. Bro. Four volunteers are spending a year living in a fake red planet in Houston, complete with a gym, plush leather sofas, but no windows. Weren't these supposed to be like celebrities? <laughs> I, I, I don't There's like a celebrity version of this coming out too. <laughs> from Laura, like I know these are scientists, but there's also like a celebrity version coming out for like TV, like Big Brother, but on Mars. <laughs> Big Brother, like, it's going to happen. They have to dude. go out and do missions, and then they get voted off. <laughs> like, like they get voted off and sent into like an escape pod or something. I don't know. Give it, give it, to, give it like two two Hold centuries, on. and we'll. I'm gonna, we'll <laughs> I'm gonna Google this while you're telling the, the thing. Hold on. All right. So from Lauren Huey at DailyMail.com, while Mars and Earth are similar in many ways, living on the red planet would be far from easy. Dust devils, dangerous radiation, and harsh temperatures are among its numerous challenges, and that excludes the complete lack of oxygen. But now. Four volunteers will battle these for themselves, having entered a Texas-based Mars simulation where they will spend the next entire year in isolation. NASA launched its Chapea, Chapea, a crew health and performance exploration analog project on June 26th, so it just started, and a major step towards rocketing to Mars. A four-person crew will now spend 378 days in a 1,700-square-foot Foot home dubbed the Mars Dune Alpha, equipped with four rooms, a gym, and even leather sofas, but no windows. They are about to embark on an analogs mission that encompasses operation logistics and research of living and working on Mars. The importance of the study cannot be understated, said Judy Hayes, chief science officer of Chapea. As the journey unfolds over the coming year, it's though that the stealth of this stellar crew that NASA scientists will learn critical insights on the physical and behavioral aspects of a mission on Mars. Four compact rooms, two bathrooms, and a lot of red sand make up their new residence, which the U.S. Space Agency designed to resemble the circumstances on Mars. Even while you may not anticipate luxury on Mars, their living quarters include a living room, TVs, and a number of workstations. The questions. So the show's called Stars on Mars. Oh, you weren't lying. No, I was not. It's hosted by William Shatner. Of course it is. Starring Ariel Winter, Ronda Rousey, um, Tanashi. Marshawn Lynch, Portia Williams, Lance Armstrong, Adam Rippon, <laughs> Natasha Leggero, Tom Schwartz. Wait, how long are they going to do this? I don't know. It can't Richard be Sherman, year. Andy Richter, Tallulah Willis, Kat Cora. The chef? Really? <laughs> um, Ashley, Ian Canetti, Paul Pierce, and Christopher Mintz-Plasse. Oh, wow. He's a guy from Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Huh. Weird. Fun. Well, anyways, Chris, the question is, could you do this? For a year? Yes. But I am not mentally well. <laughs> if somebody, like, paid my bills, I could stay in one room for a year and never leave. Like, yeah. I could absolutely do it. I mean, I think, I think people underestimate how little a man needs to just get by. Like you give him a game, like like an Xbox or a PlayStation or something. Like give him a job. You provide me food, a place to sleep, 
a place to pee, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you give him a job, you give him purpose, you give him some entertainment, whether it's movies, games, whatever, you're set. I mean, I think the purpose of like just knowing that I've got one year for them to study my psychology. Yeah. That would be enough purpose. <laughs> Sign me up, coach. <laughs> like they'd open the door and I'd just be like hunched over a bag of Lay's. And, Are we done? Is it over? Can I come back now? Oh. <laughs> uh. See, now here's the question is, this is going to be done for a year. They know they're going to be watched to an extent. Are we going to get a Lord of the Flies kind of situation going on here? Do you Not think? enough kids. No? No. Mm, okay. I guess four people. Adults, is it four people? Adults, it would take longer to devolve into a Lord of the Flies situation. I don't know, man. Have or, you seen those? Or less resources. Well, yeah. Well, that's the whole point, though, is they're going to go through these, like, they're going to put them through simulations of different... Like, yeah, but they've got rations. They know they're going to eat. They know they're going to be fine in a year. All yeah. they have to do is survive. Yeah. Like on Mars, it's different, which I think is weird that they're studying the psychology of people like over one year. Like, Why? When you go to Mars, you're there. Like, that's it. What are you talking about? You're <laughs> not coming back, bro. Why not? How would you? A shuttle. The same way you get, no, you get there. No, because yeah. you need to be able to launch out of gravity. They need to build like a whole no, new thing. You don't need as much. You don't need as there. They, there's no air surface. Like there's no, like very little atmosphere and there's less gravity. It's not as hard to it's get off. It's less gravity, not no gravity. I didn't say that. I said less gravity. Yeah. A shuttle is not going to be able to do that. It's doable. Dude, they're, ma- they're planning it right now. Have you watched any of those movies? It never goes the way it's supposed to. I'm not to. saying it won't crash and burn. I'm saying it, <laughs> like, scientifically, it's, like, you go physics, to Mars physically to possible. set up for other people to come to Mars. That may be the longevity of it, but you can get off of Mars easier. You, Theoretically. You can. It's the same way the thing with the moon. It's the same difference. It's, no, it's bigger. Not. It's bigger, but it's it's not as big as Earth. It's not the same thing as the moon. It's a quarter of the size of are the Earth. Are we going to get through this show, or are we going to argue about this? Chris, it's a quarter of the size of the Earth. Mars? Yes. No. Look it up. Mars is like half the size of Earth. Google it, bro. <sighs> Google it. Come on. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll wait. Audience, you can wait, too. Look it up yourself. Google on your phone. See that Chris is wrong before... before before he gets it, because I know I've, I've, I've with won. a radius of two thousand one hundred six miles, Mars is about half the size of Earth. No, no, hold on a second here. We're not editing this podcast, Tim. <laughs> hold on, this a is second. going out, and you're going to be wrong. Okay, you're about right, but still, it's still smaller. It's not. It's not like. It's not like. It's as big. It takes less amount of force to get off. It has no less, atmosphere, yes, no air. Less, like, but not no. I didn't say none. And getting I, into that a didn't come shuttle, out of my mouth. getting into just the shuttle, the return trip would be so much slower. Why? Because you don't have the rocket propulsion setting your speed. You on the would way have to a Earth. rocket. It's the same. Dude, it's not you, the same. Do rocket. you know how they got off of the moon? Rocket propulsion. You but don't need as much. Not the same though. level. That's no, what I'm saying. So it was slower exactly. coming back than it was getting there. The only reason the None the, the astronauts from Apollo 13 survived is because they had to slingshot themselves back, or they would have suffocated. You can do the same exact thing: slingshot around Mars. And Not if you're on. landing on Mars, dude. You can't slingshot you, around. 
no, after you get that's off. not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works, Tim. You cannot slingshot yourself around Chris, after you've already landed on Mars. The, the only it, reason they made it back <laughs> is because they didn't actually land on the moon. I they know. caught the moon's gravity and had to slingshot themselves I'm back. I'm aware of that. Otherwise, if they had landed on the moon and then come back with the same problem, they would have died before they got back. Well, sure, but but the, see, that's the point though. Is like they had the they had the fuel to get back. Not, no. Or, I mean, I'm saying they would have. They would have. My point is, in Mars, they are going to prepare for that. They are going to provide the rocket, whatever they use, to propel themselves out of Mars with enough fuel to get to escape the gravity and the very thin atmosphere. I don't think you're right. Why would we be going? To set it up for other people. No, Chris. No. That's that how is, colonization works, Tim. Well, that, that might be long-term goals, but like that is not what we're going to send like the next people. Because we have a mission. Like, that's what Artemis is about. It's to set up colonization. Chris. Tim. You're, you're not are right. you telling me the pilgrims came to America and then some of them went back? <laughs> that's not what we're that's such they a false came equivalence. here to colonize. That's such a false equivalence. <laughs> Jamestown, 1607. God. Plymouth Rock, 1620. <laughs> Both of them, colonizers, came to this country where my people already live to colonize, and they never went back. Chris, you are not. You cannot possibly believe that NASA's mission to Mars, which you can Google it, it's right here, NASA.gov, that they're going to just start sending people to Mars to just stay there? They're not, not doing that. Not to stay there forever, but to stay there and set up for other people to come so that they can build the things they need to get back. Sure, but they're not going to stay there for like five years, dude. They might stay there for like a year or two. But I think it's going to be longer. They're not going to stay there a super long time. Like three to five years minimum. Okay, maybe. Because they I also might have to, that. like, catch the, the right alignment to launch again. Because yeah. Mars and Earth are not in geosynchronous orbit. No, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. So, like, you'd have to wait at least, at least a, a year, year if you're not going, well, yeah. like, you get there and then you leave a week later. Like, But, Chris, I wasn't talking about, like, they're coming day for a day trip. That's how most astronauts go into space. <laughs> Except for the ISS. That's not what I was talking about. My point was, it's like they're not going up there to stay there. They're they're going up there to yes, you're right, set things up to eventually colonize. But it's not like they're going to be like they're they're there forever. No, and, not forever. Just for at least three years, five years. I know, but one that year on Earth is like it's not enough to study the psychology of a Mars colonizer. Well, you, That's you, what I'm saying. But you also have to think about it this way too, Chris. Is it takes about nine months to get there and back. Well, like nine months there and then nine months back. So that's, what, 18 months? So you have that plus probably less than a like a year. So you're gone for about three years. But you're not going to— Minimum. But you're not going to be on the surface of Mars for three to five years. That's even worse. <laughs> They're in a smaller confined space. <laughs> we don't have hypersleep, Tim. No, you're not wrong. I uh. don't think one year on Earth knowing that they're going to come out of that simulation— is enough psychology study for a Mars colonization trip. Well, you might be right. You might be right on that. I think they need to do it longer. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, are we past this? Are we okay? I think we're good. Okay. All right. We're moving along. Another news one. This one's a little bit shorter. Um, brace for sticker shock uh, when booking a trip for the 2024 eclipse. Chris, we're in luck. 
the 2024. Uh, I've been we, wait- are, we are right in the path of totality. We are right man. in the middle. I'm, I'm been so, so pumped. <laughs> we are right in the path of totality. I've been waiting for this moment for so long, Chris. I just need to find like an open field where I can see everything. <laughs> I know. But like, it's going to take me a three minute car drive. Dude. I know. We got to find like a hill. That's what we got to do. Because so we can see it coming over the land and then finally come across us. We just climb on top of our houses. I mean, we could. Well, your house. My house has too many giant trees. Yeah, maybe. I'll come over here. Okay. Anyways, guys. We'll, we'll get drunk and watch the eclipse. There you go. Create a new religion. There you go. <laughs> okay, so from uh, Brian, uh, Br- Brian? Brian Lada at AccuWeather, hotel reservations must be made soon if you want to view the total solar eclipse that will pass across North America on April 8th, 2024. Pretty sure that's Brian. Is it? It's a girl. That's why I was... No, it's not. I don't know why I thought that. Brian, you're right. Um, Emmy Victor, a national reporter for AccuWeather, advised, if you want to see the next solar eclipse, if you don't live in the Central Texas area, you're going to start looking into it now. The more time you take, the more difficult and expensive it will be to locate lodging. The Path of Totality is a limited area where observers will be able to watch the moon fully blocked out of the sun, even though virtually all of North America will see a partial solar eclipse in April. According to historical averages, Texas has the best chance of having clear skies on the day of the eclipse and with the likelihood of clouds rising more north and east among, along the path of totality. The path, uh, excuse me, the weather patterns for the next April, however, may be very different from the long-term climatology. Guys, this is going to be good. It's basically going northeast in its direction. So it's going to come out of Mexico through Texas, through the central Texas area, Arkansas, is that Kentucky, I guess, or Arkansas? Yeah, Kentucky, Tennessee, going all the way northeast. Uh, like it, it doesn't go as far east as New York, but it go, goes up through maybe Chicago. But, yeah, we're, we're right in it, though. I'm so really pumped. my plan is to stay with family in the area and rent my house out on Airbnb for, like, <gasps> 600 bucks a night. Smart. Ooh, my man. I mean, it, it would just be the one night, so, like, or maybe two. I bet you get two nights out of it. Two nights at least. Like yeah. they, they travel to Texas, uh-huh. stay the night, watch it that day, and then stay another night before they head back. That's a smart move. Let's do that. I'm making it seven fifty a night now. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, I'm, I don't know why, but like it's always been something I really wanted to see. But every time it's like come around, it's like North America. It's like still a little like I don't want to. Like, I don't want to drive that far, like twelve hours or something. Yeah. you know, it's a little too far. Or like it's right in the ocean, so it's like like that's not possible unless you go on a cruise or something. But yeah, so it happens a lot more than we think. But yeah, yeah, it's mostly over the ocean because uh-huh. like seventy percent of our planet is ocean. The Pacific Ocean is huge, bro. It's huge. It is huge. <laughs> like you don't think about how big it is because like most maps cut it off, but like right. yeah, it's, I, I have it's a, big. I have a globe around here somewhere. It's like literally half the planet. Like if you look at it. <laughs> All right, uh, all right. Last uh, little news thing that we have for today. Um, <laughs> most of this has just been us arguing. Uh, James Webb Telescope discovers the oldest active black hole in the known universe. No, it didn't. We're just arguing about. Stuff, oh, okay. So uh, from Robert Lee. <laughs> <laughs> At LiveScience.com, astronomers using the James Webb Telescope have detected the most distant, actively feeding, supermassive black hole ever observed. The black hole also happens to be one of the least massive seen in the early universe, measuring the equivalent of about 9 million suns, which is 
proving challenging to explain. Researchers observed the galaxy hosting this active supermassive black hole as part of the cosmic evolution of early release science, also known as Kears survey. Uh, designated Kears 1019, the galaxy is seen as it was when the 13.8 billion year old universe was just around 570 million years old. It's a little baby universe at that point. Technically. <laughs> Technically. Uh, the team led by the University of Texas at Austin, astronomer Stephen Finkelstein also spotted two other black holes that existed 1 and 1.1 billion years after the Big Bang, as well as 11 galaxies that existed between 470 million and 675 million years into cosmic history. Can so, for those of you that are confused as to how we're looking at that, um, light travels at a set distance yeah. over time, and anytime you're looking at a telescope... Like, if you're looking at the sky, I'm sure you guys have heard, like, you're looking at a star, it's a thousand years old, so it might already be dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. true. It could already be dead. So when they're looking at these telescopes, they're looking so far that time is billions of years back, not just hundreds or thousands. Right. So they are literally looking back in time, catching the light. Yeah intense it is and what's so cool about it too is like i was actually reading another article i should have shared this um there is a star that's probably going to go supernova um and it's like 550 light years away so it's gonna probably be like another uh, maybe another few hundred years before this happens um but it's like set to explode and when that happens it's going to be like as bright as like a full moon is yeah all the time you'll be able to see it during the daytime yeah uh so but it, it, it could happen anytime between like today and the next 300 years. Something like that, I, I yeah. I about it. But it's, it's really wild thing because you got to think about it, like how fast the speed of light is and that's how like how we, you know, gauge distance as a light year. The The speed of light goes, is basically, if you want to picture it in your head, it goes around the earth seven times in a second, about. And so you do that and then you spread that out. It goes, light comes from the sun to the earth in about eight minutes Yep, and from the sun to uh, Pluto in about ten hours, something like that. Point is, it's the, the universe is freaking huge. Yeah, like this. This I is, know it's like from the moon to Earth in one second, from the sun to Earth, yeah. like eight minutes. Yeah, it's like you're playing pong. We just ding, 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 ding. Yep. It's like really fast. So everything that we see, even with our eyes, technically speaking, is in the past because of the amount of time it takes for light to get to you. Yeah. And so when you're seeing these stars from thousands, hundreds of millions, and in this case, billions of years in the past, it's just wild to me. It's like we are literally looking into our past. And what's even scarier at that point is we can't see where everything currently is necessarily. Like there's projections, but you can't really see where everything currently is because yeah. it takes time to get here. So if there's a space monster out there, we wouldn't know. <clears throat> we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. And which is even scarier. If there were aliens out there and they got to us, they have to come from pretty far distances, which means they are far superior to any technology. Yeah, they would, would need FTL engines or uh, generation ships. Yeah, they know how to warp, uh, uh, what do you call it? Basically, how to go through warp holes. Or well, not warp, but warm holes. Um, yeah, crazy stuff. Dude, you ever think about like how big like all the time things are in the universe? All the time. Like, I don't know if you guys, like, 
miss that when I said that, but like a small, like one of the smaller black holes is about the size of nine million suns. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the density that thing has to have? Oh yeah. Well, isn't it infinite because it's a black hole? Isn't not, that isn't that the whole thing? Infinite. It has infinite capability, but it's not infinite in and of itself. Oh, okay. I thought black holes were like that's that's the whole point of black holes. It's it's so dense that it it, it engulfs on itself and it takes everything else with it. Yeah, but it's still not infinite. Okay. It just has the weight of whatever star collapsed in on itself and then everything around it. And then the more it takes in, the heavier it gets, so the more gravity it has, and it just keeps pulling stuff in. Right. Theoretically, a black hole could devour the entire universe. Yeah. Given enough fuel. Yeah. Now, black holes do die. Like, they're not, like, infinitely forever, but they, you know, they do some damage. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, all right, let's get to some random space questions, and we'll end up this segment. That's some uh, there's some news for you though, space news. I hope you learned a little something here and there. Uh, let's talk. Not scared of it. Uh, yeah, nothing to be terrified about at all. Random space questions, Chris. What's your favorite movie or show set in space, excluding Star Wars, Star Trek, or comic books? Oh, excluding. Um, you know, I really like that movie Gravity. Really? Yeah. With uh, with, with uh, Sandra Clooney Bullock and Sandra Bullock, yeah, Sandra Bullock. Interesting. I liked it. Um, it was just an interesting take on like, again, the astronaut survival psychology twist thing. Yeah, that was cool. Um, man, oh, there's another there, one. There's a few of them that I I really like. Men in Black was cool. Is that really set in space though? I mean, it's depends on which one you're watching. Oh, is it? It involves space. See, I set my movies apart. Like, it has to be entirely in space, oh, or, entire, or, like, or the majority of it. Like, entirely in space? Like, like 90%, if not more so, in space. Okay. Or at least one of the main characters in um, space all the Avatar? time. Avatar? Does that count? It does, but really? It's Blue Pocahontas. I'm just asking so I can <laughs> it qualify. It does, yes. So I can qualify what movies we're talking about then. Uh, Spaceballs. Oh, nice. Yes. Classic. Spaceballs. Yeah. Okay, you ready for mine? Okay, here we go. I, I already know what it is. Okay, look, 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 look. We know Interstellar is up there. Like, that's <laughs> that's a given, okay? So I'm not, like, I said it, but, you know, it's already there. The Martian with uh, uh, Matt Damon. Freaking Matt Damon. You don't like that movie? I am just tired of Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I sent you a video the other day about surprise Matt Damon. He's everywhere. There are ten parts to that TikTok series. <laughs> I know. Surprise Matt Damon. <laughs> He's an Oppenheimer. It, it's not even like his movies. Like none of them are his movies. Yeah. It's just he them. pops up. Like even Interstellar. Like you're an hour and a half into the movie and then all of a sudden, boom, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> like <laughs> who's Dr. Man? Here he comes. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Thor, he just plays Loki. Yeah, he's Loki <laughs> in Thor. Um, he was in Jay and Silent Bob's movies. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> in a few of them. And he played uh, what's it? he played Goodwill Hunting, and then he did a cameo as Will. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing, Matt Damon? You can say no. You don't have to take every role they offer you. You can say no. I wonder if we made a movie. We just ask him, like, "Hey, man, we just make a small cameo." Just, just. yeah, we're doing a short film, bro. You got five minutes. It does look though. Nothing is better. I was thinking, like, man, Matt Damon stuff is is awesome, but there's nothing better than the small cameo that uh, Brad Pitt had in Deadpool. Matt Damon was in Deadpool. 
No, he wasn't. Yes. Where? He was a redneck in, in You're Deadpool. You're right. That was Matt Damon. I'm telling you. He's everywhere. He is everywhere. I forgot. Matt Damon is in all of your movies. He had makeup on. That's why I forgot. There's not one movie that you've ever watched that Matt Damon was not in. He's just Saving out. Private Ryan. He's, yeah. He was. What's He's Ryan. Ryan. He's Private Ryan. <laughs> He's everywhere. It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. But anyways, The Martian is great. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it's one of my favorite go-to movies. It was, it was movies. a good movie. Uh, if you want a good psychological thriller, uh, Moon. It's one of those like mind, you know, bending movies. Um, it's oh, it's isolation, and it's got what? Have you seen Apollo eighteen? No, but I'm not interested. No. No, I'm not interested. Look, when I was a kid, my dad told me this story of Apollo 18 and then like as a older teenager the movie actually came out and I was like yo maybe my dad was right it's like my dad's a big storyteller so I was yeah. like yeah that's that's a good story <laughs> and then they made the movie and I'm like oh this is stuff real <laughs> he knew about this a long time ago which means they got it from the same source <laughs> maybe uh, so Moon is a good one. It's a it's a good thriller. Uh, Prospect. Uh, I want to read this one. A teenage girl and her father travel to a remote alien moon, aiming to strike it rich. They secured a contact to harvest a large deposit of the elusive gem hidden in the depths of the moon's toxic forest. But there are others roving the wilderness, and uh, and the job quickly devolves into a fight to survive. It's got Pedro Pascal. Oh, nice. That's a nice little indie uh, sci-fi film. It's a lot of fun. I'll check that out. Um, but yeah. Uh, shows, uh, there is a really fun show called, uh, The, the Expanse. Um, it's one of my favorites. I usually don't like, um, sci-fi television only because it's just not as high quality. Uh, and it just throws Not always, me. but yeah. Yeah, it, most of the time it just throws me off. And I'm just not a huge fan. I do want to watch The Foundation. That looks interesting. The Foundation looks really cool. Um, Silos looks really cool. Silos, I need to get into that. Well, that's Earth, though. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it's like post-apocalyptic and they're in a silo. Right. So maybe it's kind of like. Kind of like the colonization thing we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so The Expanse is really good. It's one of those that's kind of like it's set in the future. But it's after, like, after we've colonized Mars and we've colonized things like the um, uh, the meteor belt. Is that what it's called? Asteroid belt. Asteroid belt. Um, and, like, we're expanding to other places. And so it's like a few hundred years in the future. It's pretty cool. Um, any, got any shows? Anything? I mean, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who, Lost in Space was pretty cool. Oh, I forgot about that one, yeah. Um, wasn't bad. I'm looking at your movies trying to see if I can see anything. Yeah, I can't think. I got anything Doctor Who over there for sure. important. Um, yeah. I really like Earth movies based on, like, space travel or aliens or things like that. So, mm. like, um, what's the one Jordan Peele just did? Oh, Nope. Nope. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was fun. That was pretty cool. Mm. All right. Uh, moving along, Chris, what is the best planet? And present your argument. Um, besides Earth. Besides Earth? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I would probably say Saturn. Why? It's really cool to look at. It's got rings that are pretty awesome as, like, defense. Um. Like, if we're colonizing planets, obviously it's a gas giant, so it'd be really difficult to live on. But its moon, Titan, which apparently is a moon of Saturn and not Jupiter, is supposed to be, like, really easy to colonize. It's just uh, far away. Yeah. 
Like it would take like it's full of water, right? Is that what it is? Or ice? I think it has ice. Yeah. Um, but supposedly it's pretty easy to colonize, or it would be pretty easy to colonize just based on like Voyager's information on it. Yeah. Um. So I think Saturn. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna go with Mars. I know it's kind of like a you know easy one, but it's like Mercury's too hot. Venus is basically all volcano. Saturn and Jupiter are mostly gas. I think it rains diamonds on Venus. I think you're right. No, that's no, that's uh, that's that's one of the other ones. That's one of the outer planets. I know what you're talking about. I think that's actually Saturn. Dope. Yeah. Um, so live on Titan. Go collect diamonds from Saturn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everything else is too far away and too cold. When not, not enough sunlight. Mars. At least you got daylight and all that stuff. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, if you're colonizing. We're not really not planning on going outside. So True. As long as you've got, like, temperature control, you're good to go. Wouldn't you want some sunlight or something? I mean, once you're at Neptune. You'll get it. It just comes, like, seven hours after this. No, it's not just that, but it's so much dimmer. Like, you're looking, it's like the moonlight at that point. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. No. Tim, I told you earlier, like, just give me a place to sleep <laughs> and a place to pee, and I'm good to go. Fair enough. Uh, okay, if you could travel to any planet in a day and withstand all environmental challenges, which one would you choose and why? I get to come back? Yeah. I'd like to go visit. Go hang out for a minute. And I can withstand all environmental yeah. challenges. Whatever planet it rains diamonds on, bro. I'm bringing <laughs> those diamonds back. Which, by the way, I learned there is, like, mass on these planets. It's just mostly gas. Yeah. I learned that um, the other not day. Probably Jupiter, I think, would be really cool to check out. Um like experience the the density of it. Yeah. The storm. I would I would definitely stand in the eye of the 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 red eye. Speaking of, I don't know how we haven't talked about this yet. But have you seen those TikTok videos that where they like it's like the simulation, like computer simulations of what other like planets gravity is like and they like throw cars off a cliff. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> I love the one. Like Pluto is like it just goes off like for almost ever then it finally just Taps the ground as it falls, but then, like, you go, like, sun gravity, and it goes... Yeah, Mercury. <laughs> Mercury was just, like, <laughs> like, right off the ramp and into the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I might agree with you on that. Jupiter would be fun. Uh, though, I will say, I mean, Mercury's right there, dude. You get to see the sun, like, the sun. You're going blind. You, you're not going to be affected by the environment. I guess the sunlight. Or the light. Sunlight. <laughs> the sunlight is yeah, not just, the environment. Just, just get a visor. You'll be fine. A visor. Get some Ray-Bans. You'll yeah. be right. Uh, all right, last question. Uh, audience, let us know if you agree with this or not, or if you have a you know a thought to this. Should we explore and colonize Mars? We talked to we we. I think we're going to have to. Yeah. Honestly, the way we're treating Earth, we're going to have to figure something out. You don't think we can solve everything before we before we have to go over? I don't think our capitalist overlords are going to let us. Uh. And then they're going to abandon us and go to Mars. Yeah. Once it's colonized. That's a good point. Yeah. What was that movie Elysium where like all the like ultra rich like lived on like this little ring in space? No, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah. That also had Matt Damon in it. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Matt Damon. I forgot about that. <laughs> He's everywhere. I'm telling you, the man does not quit. 
he does not turn down a role. <laughs> uh, that was a good one, though. It was a very much a uh, uh, take it to the rich people kind of movie, um, which is my favorite kind of movie. I'm all about it. Um, yeah, I think Not I think at rich. the end of the day, even, even if, well, I don't know. I take that back. With the way human population is going, it's starting to settle out in some areas. But if if it continues to rise, you're going to need a point to where you're going to have to start branching off. And so, I, mean, I don't know. That could be thousands of years in the future. But um, I mean, according to that book I read, Ark of a Scythe, even with a benevolent AI that teaches everybody how to live and manages all the resources we get to about 18 billion people on earth and the earth can no longer sustain it Mm. so they have to send people off into colonies that makes sense yeah mars is a go-to i mean moon is a going to go to as well but um i i don't think the moon is a good idea i mean if if we have no place else to go i'm saying it's a possibility why not watch apollo 18 you'll understand my fear i don't think the moon is a good idea yeah maybe not um, what else? Uh, I mean, there's really no other planets that you can, because, because, I mean, if you're thinking, space if you, stations at this point, homie. Right, because you're thinking about at this point, if, if you're, if it's that really that far in the future, the sun is just going to get bigger, so eventually it's going to vaporize Venus, I mean, eventually Earth too and everything else, but yep. like, so you don't want to go back to Venus, you want to go outward, so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you're going to want to build a generation ship. And yeah. just plan to live the rest of your life and your kids' lives and your kids' kids' lives on that ship until they get to, like, Alpha Centauri A and hope that those planets are nice. Isn't that wild to think about? Like, we're, we're going to get to the... Because, I mean, unless we just come across astronomically crazy techno- technological advances, we are never going to be able to quickly travel anywhere. I think we will at one point. I mean, we're, we're going to have to figure out, like, the way, like, it's like an interstellar. I know it's science fiction, but, like, we're going to have to figure out how to travel travel through wormholes. And I know that sounds like science fiction, but, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, theoretically speaking, it's possible, but you have to be able to create a wormhole. That's the tricky yeah, part. you need a, a massive amount of energy to be able to do Right. That. And so they're working on things like that, like in the, um, what is it, the fusion... Um, the Hadron oh. Collider. Yeah, yeah. They're working on things like that. Uh, dangerously, I might add, uh, to an extent. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess a thousand years in the future, we might. There's the theory that that's why the Mandela effect exists. Oh, like, <laughs> we're jumping universes because of the Large Hadron Collider. Mm, that's and, a fun one. Like, things, like some things come with us from the old universe. Some people uh, are like completely destroyed and... We're interacting with this universe's version of the people we knew in the previous universe. Interesting Things like that. Hmm. Well, guys, you tell us, should we explore, colonize the universe, or should we just stay here and fight it out? Hunger Games style, just, you know. That's what it's going to (laughs) be. That's what it's going to be, bro. All right, guys. That's why I say eat the rich. There you go. We need to get rid of billionaires. There's no reason billionaires should exist. No. Like, they are exploiting the work of everyone else to make their billions of dollars. They haven't earned it. That's a rant for another episode. And on that note, we will be right back, everyone. Don't go anywhere. All right, everybody. 
We are back from our space exploration back on Earth to talk about some fan questions. I didn't have the sound ready, so I might just add it in post. But here we are. All right, sounds good. Uh, so, guys, we need more fan questions. Uh, one of our most dutiful, um, amazing listeners, Shane, she 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 provides us with many a questions, uh, many a questions, and so we're answering two of them, and then we got a random Reddit question. Okay, but you should ask us, people. Please ask us some questions. We need some. We need to know. We need to know. We need what, to know what you want to know. I want to know what you want to know, and I know that you know that I know. What help me help you help me. <laughs> That's a great movie. All right, guys. Uh, this is part of the show where we answer your questions. Shane asked, what is your second favorite dinosaur? My second favorite dinosaur? Yeah. Are you ready? I already have mine. Are we talking like only real dinosaurs? Yeah. Compared to what? Like Jurassic Park. Well, I mean, they're based off of real dinosaurs. Not all of them. Most of them. The hybrid dinosaurs aren't. I'm not like talk- the Indominus Rex. Well, and yeah, the obviously I'm not talking about those. Like the ones that are based off of real dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Triceratops. What'd you say? Deinonychus. Which one is that? It's the one that is like raptor shaped, but like has the the fins on its head. Oh so yeah. It's a little smaller than the raptors in Jurassic Park, but it's about right. the size of a regular real right, raptor. Right. Right. Okay, I dig that. Dig that. Yeah, Triceratops. Those are always fun for me. I mean, come on. They're the, cool. You got the three. They're really cool. You got the horns on the top. You got the, 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 the little, little shield thing on their head. I mean, yeah. you can't What's even go wrong What's your favorite dinosaur, though? <laughs> I'm going to say that. You're going to say T-Rex? Yeah. You basic <laughs> bitch. <laughs> of what course I, you what are. I, Dude, I was I was the little white boy with a T Rex. That was me, man. You're so basic. I will say though, I will say though, what uh, the Apple TV Plus show has uh, given me is a rejuvenation for the Velociraptor. So I might hold that as a close second, actually, only because like I actually like the size, like the real close size. Thirty, of, you mean? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, of like the real Velociraptor, so they were shorter, but they were more cunning and like super smart and like animals, but like not like Jurassic Park was, but. So really cool. I think my favorite is the Ankylosaurus. Which one is that? It kind of looks like a Stegosaurus and a pangolin had a baby. <laughs> it has, oh, a, it has yeah. a club tail and like spikes going down the side of its back. Right. Not like the, um, oh, not like, a, what's the other one? Um, not Anchor. What's it called? You know what I'm talking about though? It's like the big, bigger one of those, but it's like it's got a bigger club tail. What is that called? Yeah, Ankylosaurus. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, wait, what'd you say? You said Ankylosaurus? Ankylosaurus. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? It's pronounced Ankylosaurus. Oh, okay, yeah. well, excuse me. But yes, that one. <laughs> that's my fa- my favorite dinosaur. Those are cool. Also, it's been my favorite dinosaur for a while, but then uh, Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous came out, the one for kids mm-hmm. that Ellie loves, and they have one on there named Bumpy. It's <laughs> the cutest little dinosaur ever. <laughs> that's probably solidified it for me. That's fun. You remember? Well, I'm sure you remember the Land Before Time stuff and yes, leaf eaters. And yes, I do. Good stuff. Thanks for bringing up that trauma. Yep. All right, Shane had one more question for us. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Yes. I would like to take this moment, though. Thank nope. you, Shane, for this, to talk about linguistics just for a quick second, only because this is actually one of my favorite subjects to talk about, and it brings up a great point. 
that Dan McClellan has said over time and time again is that words and dictionaries are arbitrary. Arbitrary? Arbitrary. arbitrary. And they, they mean only what we make them mean. Words are only what we make them mean. An example, what is furniture? What is furniture? Things that provide a purpose while also decorating your house. Okay, so, so what? like tables, chairs, couches. Is a lamp furniture? Yes. It you would class it. See, it see. provides a purpose while decorating your house. Okay, a uh, a picture frame. Yes. See, that's so funny because like some people would argue, no, that's Here's not. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. <laughs> if I can buy it at IKEA, <laughs> it's furniture. But here, okay, so like here's the example. Like, what is a table? Furniture. No, I'm saying like, what is it though? It's something that you would place things on or have the ability to place things on. So is a chair a table? It can be. Right, exactly. So it's like we there are things that we as a culture or in cultures know of because we say them so often. We know that chairs are chairs because we sit in them. Okay, but here's here's the thing, Tim. You were raised by white people. <laughs> people of color know damn well not to sit on that table. <laughs> if I tell you to put the food on the table, you better not put that food on a chair. <laughs> But here's my point that I'm getting to in the long term you know here, the difference. is that there are so many words in history that we think we assume that we know the meaning of, but unless you're in that culture, there are just so many things that we are far away from that we can't possibly understand. I mean, yeah. it goes towards the Bible, but I'm not going to, I'm going to avoid that. But my point is, well, the hot dog is a sandwich, it absolutely is, only because of what we mean it to be. Right. It's a sandwich because it's meat wrapped in bread. Yes. So we win. Two separate pieces of bread. Otherwise, it'd be a taco. See, that brings up a whole other like can of worms. Is it is is a taco just anything wrapped around with something? I think they're like. I saw a, a chart of like the different things <laughs> of bread. Like a sandwich has to have two pieces of bread over something. A taco is one piece of bread bent or like twisted, like a tortilla or something like that, with stuff inside of it. A burrito is a folded taco. Um, like a but but see but here's the thing though a with, quesadilla with, is uh, bread with cheese on it whether it's folded wrapped or anything else and then like but, sushi is like where it's like around the sides of it but not <laughs> on top or bottom but see I think there would be a better argument for hot dog being a taco than it is a sandwich yes but essentially it's a sandwich because there's two piece, two separate pieces. They're just connected by like that one little bit. Well, is that not the same piece of bread? It's technically it's all the same piece of bread. If you have like a loaf of bread, you take two sandwich yeah. slices out. They're the slices of the same bread. So it's not a sandwich. It's one piece of bread. So every sandwich is just one piece of bread. Right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Move I on. love linguistics. I love words. I hate it. <laughs> Tim, All right. You suggested one of our topics should be linguistics and the history of words, and I was just like, no, that does not <laughs> sound fun to me. One day, one day. All right, guys, we've got a Reddit question here. Karen, video editor on Reddit, asked, if you, excuse me, if one of your friends had I know a guy moment and then called you, what would they be calling you for? Bro, you could call me for anything, <laughs> and I would get it done. If I don't have the skill to help you, I know a guy. <laughs> I could be your guy guy. I could be the guy guy. 
you need something done, you call me. Chris, I, I go to you for a lot of things. I think if uh, if someone were to ask me, though, Tim, what is Chris, what is he the guy for? I would say, um, I, I would say several things. Zombies. Yeah. Survival. Um, Legend of Zelda. Yes. Any kind of retro stuff, to be honest. Cars. Cars, man. You know cars a lot. I, you're, you're just a guy of many guys. I told you. I'm the jack of all trades. Yeah. You're, you're a guy what, guy. What is it? Uh, jack of all trades, but master of none <laughs> is still better than a master of one. Oh. Is that true, though? That's me. Is that really true? It depends on the topic you need. Hmm. Like, if you need somebody to defuse a bomb, you want somebody that's a master bomb defuser. You don't want me. Yeah, that's a good point. But if you just need somebody to talk about something with. <laughs> I can talk about bombs. <laughs> yeah, you can talk about bombs with me. I know enough to talk about them. I know enough to make a few. <laughs> but don't ask me to defuse them. We will all die. Uh, I think for me, I don't know. I'm a history guy. I'm not like a, I'm not a history major, so I'm not like the expert or anything. But I'm like, I know a couple things. Um, Movies. Movies, I like movies a I'll lot. I'll call you about movies. Um, I think what else? I don't know. History, movies—that's kind of my go-to's. Linguistics recently. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that though. <laughs> I tell you what, I—I tell you what, if somebody was like, "Hey, I need a friend," I'd call you, and I'd be like, "Tim, <laughs> oh, this I thought guy you were playing a friend. joke on me for a second. No, no, no. <laughs> I'd be like, "This guy needs a friend. Tim is the guy." Let me get you in touch with Tim. Well, thanks. You're a good friend. I appreciate that, man. So are you. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of our show. Chris, any final thoughts about all this space stuff? Um, I just think at some point we are going to have no choice but to leave our planet. And I think it's going to start with the rich people first. And I hope everything bad happens to them that could happen <laughs> so that we learn from it. Amen, brother. Uh, I will agree with you in that space is cool. Listen to your scientist. Listen to people with PhDs and all that. Oh, just listen to the people that know. <laughs> just listen. To you them. don't know more than these people after googling something. <laughs> it's my go-to in life at these days. Like, look, we can argue all day, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a, if you're not an expert in this field, I'm, I'm space not. Space science is my special interest, and I would not argue with. Anyone that has astronaut in their title. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. If somebody's like, hey, I work at NASA as a, a janitor, I'd be like, you probably know more than me. <laughs> You're at least exposed to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you tell me not to touch the moon rock, I will not touch the moon rock. <laughs> that's it. Listen to the professionals. And that's not just science. That's everything. Every Listen field. to the people that have degrees. Yeah. Because those degrees mean they took the time to study, and they wrote theories and theses, 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 <laughs> whatever the word is. Like, they know their stuff. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, I know more than them. No. No, you don't. You probably don't. <laughs> you probably you don't. You probably don't. Especially if you don't listen to them in the first place. Like, I'm sure there's somebody out there that knows more that doesn't have a degree because they didn't take the time to go through the schooling. But it's probably not you. <laughs> probably. It is probably not you. 
And don't make me embarrass you because of it. That's my final thought. All right, I'll just agree with that and close it out. Guys, thank you all again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at, at AlwaysMorePod. Chris, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram as Captain underscore CT Ford, and TikTok is Christopher.Lionheart. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and pretty much everything else at Timothy Lucci. That's L-I-E-C-H-T-Y. Thank you again for listening and for being a part of the conversation. And remember, there's always more than this. Bye, everyone. Okay, bye.